How you doing? I'm Mike Gaddy, and welcome to the 743 Patterson Park Podcast. This week, I talked to Martha Simmons. Martha is a community organizer who is responsible for everything from chalk night in Patterson Park and Butchers Hill to street critters. About street critters, she said, I release them into the wild and they take on a life of their own. Martha's projects through the years have taken on a life of their own. And please join me as I explore those lives in this week's podcast. Hello. Um, all right. So you are single-handedly responsible for at least four major projects going on in our community. And I'm just in awe. I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness, presence of greatness because, you know, one project is more interesting than the other. Probably your most famous project, though, is Chalk Night. Um, just tell me, tell us a little bit about how that got started, would you please? Because it's ev- it's on everybody's mind. Well, I hate to say that I'm single-handedly responsible for any of these because they're all community projects. Sure. I I sort of uh, instigate and encourage, but it's not just on me. It's uh, Chalk Night started, I think it was four years ago. There was a little boy in Fells Point who drew chalk on the sidewalk and the landlord got mad at him and uh, made made the parents wash it off. And we, there was a video on Facebook of the little boy crying when the chalk was being washed off. So a lot of us in the Southeast communities uh, did one chalk night in solidarity with him. And I just kept it going every Wednesday night during daylight savings time for four years. So the first year was pretty sparse. There weren't a lot of people. My dear friend, Nancy Newman came out and helped me with it and we would stop people walking to and from work and make them draw a little bit with us. And then after a couple of years, it just got rolling and we have a lot of kids involved now and a lot of hearts broken that we can't do it during COVID. Sure. Um, how many, I, 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 it has even been memorialized, it meaning chalk night, in at least one mural that I know of, the new Isn't one that, that was cool? just- yeah. It's so cool. So and, and yeah, it just, it's, it's absolutely amazing. But, but, but it's been going on for four or five years and um, about how many people before COVID were participating you, um, in a, on a given evening? How many kids do you think? Well, it, it varied. I would say we would have maybe 25 to 30 kids, but we could we could have as many as 100 total people because, um, and it's not even like you have to come and stay for the whole thing. You can be, just be walking home from work and stop by and say hi to your neighbors and, um, you know, be there for 10 minutes or be there for a couple of hours. It doesn't really matter. And assuming COVID cooperates, when will it resume? When does it start every year? It starts when, uh, with daylight savings time, so in March. Um, as you know, we just fell back. So now at 5.30, when we, we would normally be doing talk night, it's really, really dark. So we don't do it through the winter. And it's not because of the cold. And I always tell the kids that it's not because of the cold we're not drying, because we're tough, but we do need light. <laughs> well, and that kind of segues in. My, one of your projects coming up is solstice. Uh, it's winter a cel- solstice. Yeah, winter solstice, a celebration of the solstice. And I have to tell you that my dad's least favorite day of the year was, the, I guess, the summer solstice when, because he said, 
he was sad because the days were getting shorter. Mm -hmm. So now you've planned this celebration and this is the second year for the solstice project, right? Right. right. Okay. Um, around the winter solstice where the days start to get longer. So, so what do you have, what do you have to celebrate? That? So, so again, with that project, it's not totally on me. Um, another neighbor named Trish White has helped me organize that and Tara Mays helped me last year as well. Um, I think most people get a little sad in the middle of the winter because of the lack of light. And that is something that's happened to people for centuries. And even, you know, way back, people worried that the sun would never come back. So there are a lot of ancient traditions of welcoming the sun back and making sure that, yeah, we're greeting you. We want you to come back into our lives. We're ready for some sunshine. And the way they did that was, you know, they, they sang songs together. They had bonfires. They rang bells and uh, made lots of noise. So the way we did it last year is we created silhouettes in our windows here in Butchers Hill. Any theme that you want to put up in your window, go for it and had a walking tour of the neighborhood to see all of the windows. And we also sang carols last year, which was really fun. That part probably won't happen this year. It'll be more of a self-guided type of tour. And, and we'll post that link on uh, Facebook for the, for, the tour, for the winter solstice tour for this year. Uh, you know, so much has changed because of COVID. And I, one thing I'll say about you is you have managed you and your projects and the people who help you with your projects have managed to adapt to COVID and keep the projects going with these walking tours. Um, you do a walking tour with another one of the, my husband's favorite of your projects at the Chester Street Critters, even though now it's expanded beyond Chester Street, you have an inner, a complete map on Facebook of where the critters are and, and, so tell us a little bit about how you got to crocheting all of these critters and why. Well, that, um, as you know, Butchers Hill also have, has a program of the cafe lights. So Chris down on Chester Street was putting up the cafe lights in front of Charm Kitchen and they were on these ugly poles and he asked me if I could crochet something to go on there. So the first two started there. That was uh, Basil Pumpernickel and Rainbow Fancy Face. And then, um, you know, that was in the beginning days of COVID and I'm not traveling, I'm not going out at night. So I would come home and I would crochet and I just didn't know when to stop. So <laughs> <laughs> Typical creative person. <laughs> I just kept going. <laughs> How many have you done at this point? Um, there's 15 or 16 of them. They, have, they each have their own little backstory. And my feeling is once I complete them and I put them out into the world, I've released them. They're no longer mine. They're the communities. So I don't even know what the additional stories are that have come up around them. I did get a photo once of a little girl feeding bubbles to Rainbow Fancy Face, which was, was pretty cool. Oh, geez. Um, and, and the stories surrounding them, are, the, are those included as part of the walking tour too? Yeah, I put a little snippet of that in the in the descriptions. Oh wow! Oh, that's so cool. But coming up very soon is your. Let me get this completely right. Mandala Friday, and mm -hmm. Mandala Friday is the 
what's traditionally known as Black Friday, the, the bu busiest shopping day of the year, the day after Thanksgiving. Um, but you've decided to launch a new tradition rather than going to Target or Walmart or the mall. Do people still go to the mall? I don't even know. But um, so, so what is what is a mandala? Let's start there. And well, what is mandala Friday? It, mandala is a, a Sanskrit word that means circle, just that simple, a circle. And traditionally, they were used to aid in meditation. So our, um, our purpose of doing it on Black Friday is I was getting pretty disgusted many years ago when I would see people fighting over big screen TVs at Walmart on the day after Thanksgiving. And, you know, I felt like what we should all do is go out into nature and be thankful for a beautiful park. So I just encourage families to walk around the park and find leaves and nuts and sticks and arrange them in circles wherever they are in the park and just make beautiful little presentations. The idea is to slow down and really take a look at you know the beautiful park that we have. I encourage people not to pick anything off of trees, anything living, just pick up anything that's already fallen on the ground and arrange it in a circle. And then that's part of it. And then the other half of that is then walking around the park and discovering what other people have placed as well. That's another project that beyond me um, suits itself to social distancing. <laughs> sure. And about how many people last year uh, participated, do you know? You know, I don't have exact statistics on that because it's so wide open. You don't have to sign up to do it or anything else. That's Based great. on the, the, the arrangements that I've seen and the ones that people have posted, I would say maybe 25 or 30 people go out and do this. Wow, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. It's all obviously weather dependent. You know, if we have a beautiful fall day, it's more conducive to, to running out there and doing something like this. So we have Mandela Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. We have winter solstice, which is December 22nd, technically, right? Is that right? 21st, 22nd, yeah. 21st, 22nd. Mm -hmm. And that is a walking tour this year because of COVID, um, where in the past it was a Christmas caroling, singing yeah. Yeah. celebration throughout the neighborhood. Then you have Chester Street Critters, which goes on ad infinitum. Until they rot off the poles. <laughs> That's depressing. <laughs> until they, yeah, until the critters go to critter yeah. heaven. And, um, and Chalk Night will be returning uh, um, um, with Daylight Savings returning in March. Uh, in the in March in the in the spring. If we get a vaccine. <laughs> if we get a vaccine, would you yeah. please, dear Lord? <laughs> yeah, really. Did I miss anything? What do you have coming up? Is there something you should we should know about? Um well, one thing I will say about window solstice is it's not just one and one night event. If you want to participate in it, now's the time to start thinking about it. I'll be posting more on the Butcher's Hill blog's Facebook page about where you can buy materials and some ideas for themes and all. Um, but it takes a while, you know, to create these windows and yeah. come up with an idea and actually actually execute. So that can that's actually the next project I'll be personally working on. And if somebody's interested in getting more involved, can they reach out to you on Messenger on Facebook? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, and about how many windows happened last year? Just you know, I think we had 20 windows last year, which I thought was fantastic for a first year. Yeah. 
And we had a ton of people come out for the caroling and the, and the walking tour. So hopefully a lot of people who didn't have a window got inspired and started thinking about an idea that they want to execute this year. So I'm hoping it's even bigger and better. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I had, I'm new to the area, as I've said now a thousand times, and I'm starting to get less new because, you know, it's been a year, but most of that's been dominated since March with COVID. And I'm astounded at the number of projects and the number of art projects that go on that are sort of just under the radar, but I can't believe that, you know, how much you organize around the around the year how did you get so inspired to start planning these things what you know what I think what really motivates me is I grew up on a farm and um, I've lived in cities most of my adult life and I think there's wonderful things about both situations and the wonderful thing about living in a city is having community. It was very lonely growing up on a farm. I didn't see my friends all summer long. Of course, I had amazing animals and lots of space and fresh air and wonderful family. But the advantage of being in a city is community. And it, it really bothers me to live so close to people on the other side of a wall from people and never know who they are, never interact with them. So all of these projects are about creating situations that are low impact ways of meeting your neighbors. Um, chalk not, you don't have to clean your house and invite people over and um, be afraid that they're gonna break the crystal or any of that. All you have to do is sweep your sidewalk to host that chalk night. And we move it around, it's not you know, a burden on one family night after night after night. So really easy way to just get to know people. And I just feel it's really, really important, especially in these times, for people to know each other. You never know when you're going to have to depend upon somebody who lives in your neighborhood. And if you can build those bonds in good times and through um, happy celebrations, they'll be there for you when you need them in less, less happy times. Yeah, well, that's well said. And we're in the middle of a less happy time. So I, I, I want to thank you for particularly for the critters, because that brings a little happiness <laughs> during a less happy time. And it reminds me to ask you, how long does it take you to, to crochet the average critter? You know, I don't keep track of it in hours. I, I come home from work and sit and watch Netflix and crochet every night. And it takes about a week to make a critter. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, again, thank you so much. Um, is there anything else you wanted to, to bring up project-wise? Um, the Critters actually came out of a project that I started many years ago that was called Free-Range free Doilies. And they were, um, do you know what a doily is? Yeah, the little thing my grandmother had, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, would, I would crochet those and put them up on abandoned buildings in Baltimore because I was getting really discouraged when I would drive to work and I would see all of these broken buildings falling apart. And I would put a little doily up that was just sort of like a little touch point of beauty that I would look for each day. And then I guess the critters kind of came out of that, uh, that whole celebration. Well, and Baltimore is one of these, probably the most pronounced city I know. And I know you're a photographer. I, tend to do people like you in my photography, I tend to do events, but with COVID events aren't exist, you know, are non-existent. So I, uh, 
one of the things I've been photographing is this disparity between gorgeous Baltimore in one block and ransackled Baltimore, sometimes the very next door down, a house that's literally falling down. And, and you know, it's, it's, Baltimore is, is struggling with that. And, and, you know, it's just one of those strange things with this city. Is it, do you think it's getting better or in terms of coming around or, or does it seem to be still having its issues? I've seen it get a lot better since I moved here 27 years ago. I mean, yeah. even the block that I live on is night and day compared to when I moved in. Yeah. But we've still got a long way to go. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for talking to me. Oh, and, and And um, I really, again, thank you for everything you do. I know that I've had, I've had people stop me. My hair is a little bit, you know, obvious. So people will have taken to stopping me, particularly when I'm in Target, you know, shopping for candles. And they're like, okay, who are you interviewing next? And when do you talk to Stella? <laughs> well, thanks for doing this because I think this is going to be really good for the community to put some faces with some of the people that I, I love the podcast about the Black Lives Matter window murals. That was fantastic. Wasn't she great? And I, you know, I've walked past those murals a hundred times. I had no idea, you know, and all she wanted to do was A, to raise some money for Black Lives Matter, well, right. for Black advocacy groups. And two, she wanted on her way to work to go past windows that she did. Yeah. And, you know, when you watch these, these shows on like Bravo, whether it's, um, uh, Project Runway or or whatever, you know, the, a lot of designers say that. I just want to see my outfit on somebody, you know. And I just, I, I thought she was remarkable. And and and, you know. So anyway, again, thank you. And and if I can do anything, just let me know. Okay, fantastic. Thanks, okay. Mike. Okay, bye bye, Sal. Bye. Martha said, "These are all community projects. I just instigate and I encourage." And I got to tell you, I am inspired after talking to her and seeing everything that she's brought to the community between critters on light poles to mandalas in the park and, of course, the world-famous chalk night. I really appreciate Martha sitting down and talking to us on the podcast, and I hope you enjoyed our interview. Next week, I'll talk to Shelly Brown. Shelly's overreaching philosophy is embracing your weirdness. She is an author. Her book is called The Glue is Drying Weird Girl Adventures. She is an artist. She creates collage cards, which she sells on Etsy. She is a mindfulness life coach. So please join me next week when I sit down and talk to her right here on the 743 Patterson Park podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.